Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudillalah wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah wa nashadu an la ilaha illallahu ahdahu la sharikalah wa nashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh أما بعد يقول الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الناس إن وعد الله حق فلا تغرنكم الحياة الدنيا ولا يغرنكم بالله الغرور صدق الله العظيم Honorable Ulama, respected elders and brothers Whilst addressing the assembly in the madrasa, I asked the students a few questions. I asked them, why do we eat? And they replied, Monana, because we get hungry. I asked, why do we drink water? And they said, we get thirsty, and so we drink water to quench our thirst. I asked, why do we wear clothing? They said we need to cover our body and therefore we wear clothing. I asked them why do we go to madrasa, why do we attend school? And they replied to get an education. And then I paused for a moment and I asked them, why do you think we are in this world? And suddenly heads turned towards each other and they're searching for the answer. So I asked them, isn't it ironic? We eat for a reason, we drink for a reason, we sleep for a reason, we go to school and madrasa for a reason, then what about life? Is there no reason behind our creation? Is there no reason behind our existence in this world? And this got them to think. And then I explained to them by way of example, I said, when a person is traveling for a short distance, he travels very light. When a person is undertaking a long, arduous journey, he makes elaborate preparations for the journey. He plans his journey adequately. Where he's going to stop for a break, where he's going to perform his salah, and how he's going to continue with his journey. He's going to take along with him sufficient provision with him, so that his journey is comfortable. So I said to the students, if we are traveling to Cape Town, we make enough preparations. And if a person is traveling overseas, the preparations are even more intense. And then I said to them, imagine if your journey is 50, 60, or 70 years long, how much of preparations are you going to make? And they said, Mulana, that requires a lot of preparation. I said, likewise, Allah has sent us in this world for a period of 40, 50, 60, or 70 years. And it's a journey that we are making towards Akhirah. And so our preparations have to be intense because it's not an ordinary journey. We're not traveling for a few kilometers. We are traversing for a long period. And accordingly, we need to pack so that we don't run out of provisions along the way. And... I tried to change their mindset from that day. We're not here in this world for no reason. There is a reason why Allah has sent us to this world, and that is to prepare for Akhirah. 
الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عمله Allah puts it in simple words in the Quran Allah says we've created the system of life and death so that we may test you that which one of you prepares in this world for his abode of akhirah simple as that preparation for akhirah is paramount every person is to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's what I want to discuss today preparing for akhirah and leading a life of consciousness the question here rises how does a person prepare for his abode and the first step that he needs to take is to lead a life of consciousness tafakkar qabla an tandam fa innaka mayyitun fa'lam wa la taghtarr bid dunya fa inna sahiha yasqam wa inna jadidaha yabla wa inna shababaha yahram the poet says that in this world even a healthy person eventually ends up sick wa inna jadidaha yabla and he understands that even that which is fashionable today that which is new today becomes outdated tomorrow subhanallah wa inna shababaha yahram and he understands that the youth of today will become the elderly of tomorrow allahu akbar wa الذي يبقى على الحدثان او يسلم who is there that remains in one condition nobody and then he goes on to say ra'aytu an-nasa atba'an lidhid-dinar wad-dirham i've seen people toiling and finishing their life behind building empires in this world whereas only that what he sends towards akhirah is going to benefit him when his eyes close allahu akbar so the first step that he takes is he leads a life of consciousness he is conscious of the fact that he is in this world for a reason there's a objective behind his creation in this world that's the first step he takes the second step he does whatever will help him in achieving his goal towards akhirah and priority number 1 is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that means performing salah on its prescribed time and as allah wants it and subhanallah allah says in the quran rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun wala bay'un an dhikrillah wa iqamis salah listen to this ayah and i want us to reflect on this verse for a few moments allah says those people who are involved in business and trade what is their quality la tulhihim tijara when the order of allah comes they give preference to the order of allah over everything else and their business their profession their deal their meetings their conferences does not distract them from fulfilling the order of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the muaddin says hayya 'ala as-salah and when he says hayya 'ala al-falah that astute businessman leaves whatever he's doing and he responds to the call of muaddin allah has praised him in the quran allahu akbar allah has praised him in the quran allah says that the business of this man does not distract him from fulfilling his obligation towards his creator allah praises them so highly
The question I need to ask myself, that when the Mu'addin signals, Hayya al-Falah, come towards success, how do I respond to that call? And if a person responds positively to the call of Adhan, he has given preference to his Lord over everything else. He is telling Allah that you are more important than this business deal. Oh Allah, you are more important than this conference. Oh Allah, you are more important than this workshop. Oh Allah, you are more important than this deal that I'm about to seal. You deserve preference above everything. And so a person comes to the masjid and he fulfills his obligation towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That man is a winner. That man is successful. It's not easy to resist the temptation at that moment when you are just about to wrap the deal. When you are just about to seal that deal and the Mu'addin calls out Hayya al-Salah. It requires a lot of willpower. It requires a lot of strength and a resolve from that person to say, my brother, give me 10 to 15 minutes. I'll deal with you inshallah shortly. And successful are those people. And I must acknowledge people here who are in the business field, who are involved in important meetings, but when the time of salah comes, they excuse themselves. And they fulfill the order of Allah. Allah's qasam, you are successful. So they take all those measures which will help them come closer to Allah and achieve their goal. Salah is priority number one in their life. They fulfill the command of Allah. And what I need to stress upon here, brothers and sisters in Islam, is that Islam is not averse to a person excelling in his dunya. Islam is not averse to a person excelling in his dunya. Allah wants you to excel. Allah wants you to do good in your dunya. Allah does not want you to be financially dependent on anyone. The narration is in Bukhari. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَا أَكَلَ أَحَدٌ طَعَامًا قَطُّ خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ مِنْ عَمَلِ يَدَيْهِ The best food a man can put on the table is that food which he goes out during the course of the day. He works hard. He toils under the burning sun. And at the end of the day, whatever he earns, he goes out and he puts the food on the table. Allah says that's the best food a man can eat. As opposed to a person going and knocking on people's door, give me something for the sake of Allah. Help me out financially. Allah says the first person is better than the latter. Because he's working. So Allah wants us to be financially independent. Allah wants us to be well off in terms of our dunya. Islam is not opposed to the idea of a person excelling in his dunya. Where the problem lies is where we give preference to the dunya when Allah comes into the picture. That's where the problem lies. The first Muslim man to build a navy was Muawiyah Islam was never averse to progress. Look at the Muslim's contribution to the modern day world. Ibn Rushd, which is known as Avarosh in the English world. Look at his contribution to the modern world. Ibn Sina and so many other people. Allahu Akbar. Islam was always and is always a progressive religion. The problem only comes when we give preference to dunya above Allah when the command of Allah comes. Let's look at the example of Sayyidina Sulaiman who ruled over the entire world 
A Nabi of Allah was the king of the entire world. And not only the mankind, his kingship extended to the jinn and also extended to the animal kind. He was able to converse with every animal, subhanallah. And the Quran says, Allah says, we have made the wind subservient to Sulaiman He was able to cover the journey of one month in one day. That's the kingdom he had. He could speak to birds. He could speak to the jinn. He could traverse to any part of the world. But what did Sulaiman do? He said, He said, Allah has given me such a vast kingdom, but He is testing me whether I comply with His orders or not. So here's a man who rules the entire world and is the Nabi of Allah. But the answer is when the order of Allah comes, He's subservient to the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what we are saying. That a man can progress in his dunya, not a problem. In fact, the Muslim organizations are running on your contribution. May Allah reward you tremendously. Many organizations are thriving because of the Muslim businessmen. But what we are saying is that when the order of Allah comes, give preference to Allah above your dunya. And you'll be successful in this world and in the year after. Another example Uthman ibn Affan, the third Khalifa of Islam, was extremely wealthy. Dunya in itself is neutral. It's not positive, it's not negative. It depends how we use it. If the dunya controls us, then we are on the losing end. And if we are in charge, then we are on the winning side. Sayyidina Ali said it very beautifully. He said, detachment from this world does not mean that you own nothing. Rather, detachment from this world means that nothing should own you. Allahu Akbar. Profound indeed. So Sayyidina Uthman was a wealthy man, extremely wealthy. He was known as Uthman al-Ghani. But look at his contribution towards the Muslim Ummah. He purchased the well of Rumah when the Muslims came to Medina for an exorbitant amount. He extended the masjid of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with his own personal money. He would free a slave every Friday. He would generously spend on the Muslim Ummah from his own personal wealth. Here you have an example of a Khalifa of Islam who is extremely wealthy on one side. On the other side, he is also a humble servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His dunya did not consume him to the extent that he gave preference to the dunya over the command of Allah. So Islam is not averse to a person excelling in his business. We want you to do good. Amazing. Look at the Quran. Allah says, إِذَا نُرِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ فَسْعُوا إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْعَةِ When the call of Jumu'ah is made, leave everything, leave your businesses and come to the house of Allah. But Allah says, فَإِذَا قُضِيَتِ الصَّلَاةُ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ When the Jumu'ah Salah is over, when you disperse from the masjid, Allah says, and now go out and seek the grace of Allah. He referred to Rosie as the grace and the mercy of Allah. Allah himself is saying, once your duty towards Allah is finished in the masjid, go out and seek the dunya because you require it.
So we need moderation in our life, brothers. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here. Lead a life of consciousness. Let not your dunya overpower you to such an extent that when the mu'addin says, Hayya al-falah, it falls on deaf ears and you are not responding to the call of adhan. Allah save us all. So excel, excel in your dunya. Do, be the best in whatever you are, in whichever profession you are, because you are contributing largely to the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But keep your akhirat in front of you. An astute businessman will make an investment in his akhirah. Allah says, let every person think, what is he going to send forward for his akhirah? Every person sitting here needs to reflect. What am I sending for my akhirah? What investment am I making? In this world we have pension funds. So that when we retire we can live off our hard earnings. We've got pension funds. There's another pension fund we need to work towards. And that is the akhirah. We need to make smart investments. And Allah speaks of this Quran, in the Quran. Those who are punctual of their salah. A man who leads a conscious life is conscious of the fact that Allah comes first. Allah says, man who's got money understands. He is conscious of the fact that the poor and the needy have a right in his wealth. Allahu Akbar. Those who are conscious of the fact that tomorrow they are going to stand in front of Allah. They understand that tomorrow they have to give accountability to Allah. Allah says those who lead a conscious life, lead a life of chastity. And then Allah goes on to enlist other factors of a, of a person who's conscious. And in the end Allah seals of the deal by saying, these people will be in Jannah. And not just in Jannah, Allah says, they will be on a high pedestal. People will envy them. People will look at them in honor. People will hold them in high esteem. Only because of living a life that was conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers, I am not here to snatch your dunya away from you. I am not here to tell you that close your businesses and come to the masjid for 24 hours. I am saying to you today that excel in your dunya, make progress in your dunya, in your careers, but keep your akhirat in front of you. Keep your final abode in front of you and make a smart investment towards your akhirah. Deposit in that bank account. Allah has given everyone an equal opportunity in this world to prepare for the year after. In terms of salah, in terms of charity, in terms of our relationship with people, in terms of being hospitable, in terms of being kind. All these are avenues to invest in our akhirah. And an astute businessman will keep the figures in front of him. Today we invest in the schemes of this world and they'll promise you 7 to 12% return. If you're lucky, 20% maximum. Allah is promising 10 times the reward. Whoever comes with, comes with any good deed, Allah says, I will multiply 10 times. 
not 7 to 12% returns on your investment. Whatever you invest today in your akhirah, Allah says, 10 times I will give you the return. وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ تَجِدُوهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Allah says, whatever investment you make in today, big or small, big or small, Allah says, I will give you its full return in this world and in the year after also. So an astute businessman will not let the dunya consume him. And I end off with the quotation of Mawlana Rum rahmatullahi and he says, a man who's living in this world requires this world. Is like that man who's traveling by sea and he's using the ship. And in order for the ship to sail, he requires the water. Because that ship is not going to move on land. He requires the water. He said, it's fine. As long as the water does not seep through, as long as the water does not enter the ship and that boat, he is safe. But the minute that water enters the ship, he's in trouble. He's in panic. He'll be doomed. He'll be drowned. He'll be in destruction. He says, likewise, living in this world, we require this world. We need this world. But the minute that world enters the heart, that is when the water enters the ship and is heading for destruction. But so long as that water remains out of the boat, and so long as that water remains out of the ship, he is safe, the ship is at safety, and he will reach his destination. So long as the dunya does not enter that person's heart, so long as that, so long as that dunya does not control him, he will be successful. But the minute that dunya enters the heart, that's when he's looking for problems. May the Almighty Allah inspire us all.